Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spooktacular. Like getting oh, so it is. It's the, the Halloween spooktacular. Mm. Yeah, we go. That's good, Melly. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 320 of 20 Minute Tim's is Halloween. I'm your host Jamie. I'm joined by Stephen. <laughs> that was truly chilling. <laughs> and Melly. Yes. So scary. Spooky, Ooh. spooky stuff. Uh, Melly, were you going to dress up this Halloween? Uh, no. No, Stephen. Were you, did you feel in any way inclined to dress up for Halloween? Well, we had the idea to come in mm. fancy dress for today, but sadly that idea came in the green room 30 <laughs> seconds mm. before we turned the mics yeah. on and it was too late logistically. I, would, I was going to get a, a little black jacket, a little zip-up, a, a, a pair of tracksuit trousers, a pair of shoes, and a badge that says DM sewn onto it and come dressed as a little weasel. <laughs> because that's what David Martindale is. Busy weekend for him, eh? <laughs> the, the haunted pumpkin, <laughs> David Martindale, yeah. He does look like someone's carved a face into a turnip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, having watched, uh, having watched sports scene as well since the game at, at the weekend, everyone was getting into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, David Martindale dressed as a pumpkin. You had Kenny Miller, Ghostface Miller. Ghostface, Ghostface Miller, Miller. Yeah. Looking terrifying as always. Everyone was getting into the spirit. And Stephen Thompson looking like someone spilt toxic ooze on a ventriloquist puppet <laughs> and it came to life. Uh, Melly, all jokes aside, we managed to crush the Levy hoodoo. Yeah, it seems like we've had a few horror shows over the oh, years over there. And so good. Finally put it to bed. I think last season we seen that one sort of towards the end of the season. Like, right, that's it. We've got the victory here. This season, it just looked like a formality, a good victory for Celtic where the only thing we were really worried about was before the game, thinking this park and the usual thing, the pitch before we go on any further, still a disgrace, still an absolute midden. But Freshly ironed on yeah, for the game. Didn't uh, didn't make a difference to Celtic. I know Livy will be cursing that mm. bloody rain because it meant the yeah, they pitch wanted get that a bit of moisture. Dry, didn't they? Yeah, we're talking about the the Almondville hoodoo quite a lot but see when you actually look at it it doesn't make for very good reading no, at all it's, it's grim stuff when you look back at the last several years since 2018 since they came up hardly won there they did win the last time before this game Celtic did win the last one that was the one where Maida scored and James Forrest yeah. I think as well so there, there was that so this wasn't the game that actually broke the hoodoo but it, it was the one that probably ended it once and for yeah. all. For, that's two in a row they've won there. But you look back at the recent record there, it is dismal, absolutely terrible. And we would have been covering it 
covering every second of it uh, along the way. But aye, horrible results there. Remember the the snow one with Lennon with, at the end? <laughs> he did right. that mad stupid face. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> no, it, what, was it 2 0 Celtic? Then the snow came down like. Cancel this game, please, yeah. man. This is horrendous. <laughs> it was David Martindale's very, very proud of the way he, his team plays, doesn't he? he always, mm-hmm. He's always does one or two things. He always gives his own team enormous credit, but kind of low-key, kind of like as if there's a hint of we should have definitely beat Celtic. Uh, and then he is always at great pains to give us almost no credit. Aye, well, he seems quite pissed off after the game. Actually, he seemed quite annoyed with the with That's the result. He couldn't do his boys a favour, could yeah, he? Yeah, he was talking about the getting the the pressing triggers wrong and all that kind of thing. It stopped just short of blaming his keeper for that Kyogo rocket in the yeah. first few minutes as well. Lunatic. Oh, he didn't say stuff. Kyogo does what Kyogo does. No, he, no, he, didn't. he didn't. He didn't grace us with Only that. Only reserves that for his favourites. Um, <laughs> but one thing, I mean, he, he was ranting after the game as well about the difference in budgets and you know, the resources difference between the two clubs and all that, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, it's factually hey, accurate. If that's a problem, get a better job. <laughs> He knows how to. Simple. He knows how to. Yeah. <laughs> no, strict, no, no stranger to. Yeah, he knows. He knows you know, how to make up you know economic deficits. <laughs> but um, I don't. I don't have a problem with him talking about that because it isn't. It's a factor. You know, mm. it, it, he, he can only do so much with a team he's got. But what I did have an issue with was how he said it. He said that he has heard quote the old firm talking mm. about the difference between you know the budgets in. Scotland and the Champions League about how you know, teams can't compete in the Champions League because of the superior budgets where they've got four or five times the amount of money we have whereas you look at Livingston versus Celtic and it's you know closer to 40 times or something like that mm. the money we've got than they have the old firm though no, well, I, no you haven't David you haven't <laughs> heard that what you've heard well, who you've heard saying that is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst mm. that's who you've said you've heard saying that and it's honestly just another example of the pains that people go to to avoid criticising one or the other in this country, even if it makes no logical sense whatsoever, you need to drag the other side into it. And without giving his point more credit than it deserves, that doesn't make any sense either. It's not no. a simple maths equation. It's no. not quite simply, oh, well, they went out and paid 40 times and we can't pay 40 times. The fact is, Livingston have got a team there and Martindale has built the team up and they've got a very, very small budget. In fact, there is one thing that Livingston and Celtic both have in common. They both don't have a budget for Lee Griffiths. <laughs> <laughs> they both don't have any available funds for Lee Griffiths, which was mentioned midweek. But then the day, Martindale's one of these managers that we were talking about before. The credit for me only extends so far, right? You come in at the league and you stay there and you stay and you sting about and you hang about and we all kind of want them to drop out of the league and they saw no signs of going anywhere. But at some point, he's got to go, look, I'm a football manager. I'm going to try and play some football here. Yeah, these guys are more managers than football managers for mm. me. It's, it's not the way I would ever dream of playing. And I was summed up just when uh, Livingston did a pass to the fullback and launched up to nowhere. A guy... It's uh, Nubly, that's his name. Uh, no, no, a guy, <laughs> a, a guy either in front or behind it. I just he- heard him say, it's turn around to his mate and go, imagine having a season ticket at Livy, man. Yeah. And that's what it was summed up. Like, I think Stephen, we were talking about it last week on the Breakfast of Champions, how they're 11th for possession, 11th yeah, for yeah. goal, uh, expected goals. On the what? Possession. Oh, on the Breakfast of Champions, it's good you should mention that. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim is the podcast you heard Melly reference there was the Breakfast of Champions podcast. It's a midweek podcast that we dropped to catch up on all the Celtic news we don't get here. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's. Carry on. Yeah, I didn't have much to say after that. Eh? But just <laughs> look, Livingston are terrible to watch, aren't they? Yeah. And this is the, it's always been that physical side that maybe gets Celtic. And Celtic didn't show any signs of that because 
we played our football and when things got tough for us, our big players were there, like Carter Vickers and Jens and all that. And like Nubly gave Rangers problems last week, but he didn't get a sniff against Celtic. There was a brilliant graphic that appeared during the, the broadcast on Sky Sports, maybe about uh, just a few minutes into the game, where it was Celtic had played 42 passes and Livingston had had two. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was kickoff problem. <laughs> Two passes, and that's graphic worthy. We spoke on the on the live build up, which is another thing we do on Patreon. We 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 spoke in the live build up about how these these game plans are fine. These yeah. these the, the way Livingston want to approach the game in the ninety minutes in the main. If you're trying to get a draw, you're trying to get a result. These game plans are fine until we score an early goal, uh, yeah. and that's basically what happened. Yeah, well, that that's the problem with uh, these teams, and if you're really only training all week for one game plan and it's to contain to go long to your big man up top and all that and to try and kind of ground grind Celtic down try and tire them out and all that once you go that one goal down you're really kind of running around looking for what plan B could possibly be mm -hmm. now so do they open up do they try more expansive football do they they try and drag Celtic in? Do they try and hit them on the counter? Not, not really, was the answer. Really, It was a, a total piece of piss, to be honest, that, that game. <laughs> uh, to be quite blunt about it, Celtic just walked over the top of them. And it, I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was, you know, it's in part down to that early goal because I can't really see any way back for a team like Livingston once that happens. In the recent past, Livingston have been good at putting Celtic under real pressure being physical with them, you could go back to the infamous Lyndon Dykes days yeah. versus Julian and all that. And that you know that's kind of a thing. But once they go a goal down, I just I don't see what the what else they've got in the in the bank for us. So do you think that uh, we've got what four losses Ange Postacoglu's had? Mm. Uh, they've all been a punk. Apart for the Hearts game, they've all been a nil in the league, but. If Celtic get the first goal, they don't lose a game. No, they yeah, don't yeah. lose a game. And like Kyogo, that's the first, he scored the first league goal in what five or six times this season when Celtic got off to a fly like that. It calms it down. It was only that was a great goal. It was Ralston inside, played it to Greg Taylor, who played it through. You don't see many teams scoring like that with their two fullbacks inside and playing it in. It was two two passes that took multiple players out of the game. And Kyogo's through and goal and a smashing finish. Martindale somehow blaming his keeper, but it flashed past Aye, him in a second. Yeah, and when Celtic get in front, you think, right, we'll get another goal or we'll be fine in this game. But with this one, I didn't, I don't want to say worry, but just that towards the end of the first half, it got a wee bit as if the game was sort of petering out. And it's only because it's at this stadium, I start to think, oh, if they mm. get back into the game. But as soon as the second half kicked off Celtic were fine but it's just the way Livingston play you're always thinking right it could be a floated ball in and in for yeah. that but the way Celtic played is we got the ball down and played it and when we're doing that to them they can't do it and as soon as they got the ball out to their fullback, Celtic closed them down and pressed them so we stopped it at the supply it's, that's what they do shell it out to the fullback and they shell it up and hope mm. for the best and Celtic cut off that supply and you can see why Kyogo started the game I don't know what exactly defines an early goal I don't know what the parameters are for it kind of like first 15 minutes first 15 minutes I'm glad you said that because that's what I looked into and that is the, <laughs> so glad you didn't say like 20 or and I have nothing for you but that's the that's the 10th time Kyogo has scored a goal for sale or the opening goal mm. inside the first 15 minutes since he's since he's been here and he's probably got about 30 odd goals for Celtic so about half of them have come or about a third of them have come in the first 15 minutes so he is he is a guy who gets th these early goals can but, you name all the matches please no I cannot <laughs> but an early goal that there is no kind of there's no definition on it it's like 
anything after about the 85th minute gets termed as like a last minute goal mm. as well. So I'm not really sure what an early goal is, but if it's the first 15 minutes, Kyogo's good at them. Just a minute, like... I was going to talk about the, the difference between the two strikers because Kyogo and Nubli couldn't be more different <laughs> no. you know, in, in terms of their style and their stature and all that. Technically sort of the same job description as yeah, well. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the same job, employed to do the same <laughs> job, but com- two completely different strikers. I'm not going to slag Nubli off. Obviously the guy's made a career for himself and he's p- pitched up at Livingston, but there was a passage of play in the game where um, one of the fullbacks shelled it up to Nubli. He got about two touches. Carter Vickers comes close to him and Nubli just falls over looking for the, the free yeah. kick and and Randy Walker goes, fantastic bit of play there by Nubli. He's been a real danger all day. And I'm like, what game are you watching, Randy Walker? Did you say Randy Walker? Yeah, I, thought I, I thought I scanned that for a second there. I was like, is that a Halloween pun? But no, it's not, isn't it? It's just, no, just upsetting. Oh, really. Randy, uh, Andy Walker, that is scary enough. But, <laughs> but the, the battle between Nubli and Carter Vickers, that was a, a war at times, isn't mm. it? Yeah, I think once he knocked Carter Vickers over, and I was like, oh, I've never seen this before. Mm. This was during the week we've seen Mudrich fly past Carter Vickers and then we've seen uh, Nubly knock him off the ball so bomb scare now isn't yeah, he yeah, but, <laughs> fraud it's, uh, he got booked as well but I don't think he was ever in any danger it's the one where Nubly he tries to go over to Jens to avoid Carter Vickers but Celtic two defenders just played it well one goes and wins the header the other covers behind and they switch over you can do this all day and say look, put on a big striker to rough up two Celtic centre-halves like they eat that up for breakfast, man. Yeah. They eat that up for breakfast. If, if, if top quality uh, defenders don't go up against big players all the time, mm. it's something the bread and butter for them. And it's, like, it's the only option Livingston had. And when you take that away, they really have nothing. They really have nothing. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's not even, I've had a look there just while you were talking, the top the top goal scorers. Nubly's not even on the list and the list begins that people have scored two goals. Uh, I think it'll get three goals for Livingston overall. So, I mean, he's obviously maybe there to fulfil another function, but it's, as Melly's saying, Stephen, these teams, they're starting to see teams throw everything, including the kitchen sink sometimes at Celtic. And we just, we just, the defence just cope with it. Literally thrown the, the kitchen mm. sink, as Jamie Redknapp may have said. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it, it was a, it was something of a, a nuisance. If you're going to give him any credit at all, he was, mm. it was visible on the pitch, and it's mm. not always the case with strikers that play against Celtic. It was, oh, it was something to look after. It was something to take note of. But it was described by Andy Walker, by Randy Walker, <laughs> as a, a constant threat. <laughs> to be honest, that's the one thing he wasn't was yeah. a threat. He wasn't a goal threat or anything like that. He was just a. Just a bit of a nuisance. There was one time Melly's already described Bards Carter Vickers off the ball you know, in a, a coming together of two big men and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he also skinned the ends just once. And that's it. I, I'm kind of reaching here. He, yeah. he did okay, to be honest. He, he's a he's a decent enough player, a bit of a handful, all those old cliches about big strikers. But I didn't feel under threat at any point during the game. Just you mentioned Jens, and this week will be linked to Yuki Kobayashi, mm, yeah. a Japanese defender. And I, I was kind of looking at the Jens thing midweek and, and in the Shakhtar game and, and, and all over the season. I know we don't have Jens forever, he's alone, and I think we've got an option in there. Do you think that's maybe would you be inclined to, to keep him? Do you think there's better options out there for Celtic? And do you think Kobayashi has been identified as perhaps the better option? Uh, it's unclear right now. He is a left-footed centre-half, so that would give Celtic a better balance. But oh, but yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it would give us a better balance. It is difficult to find these guys. As soon as you hear Japanese centre-half, maybe you think, oh no, but he is six foot two, I mm. think he is. But I don't know, because Jens, 
it's still early days. We're just going into November. Would I'd be inclined to see out the season with him and see how he gets on. But look, early signs are yeah, he's decent. Uh, is he Carter Vickers level? No. Are Celtic going to be able to find another mm. Carter Vickers? I doubt that. So it's about finding guys that complement each other. I think he is decent. I think he does play the ball out better, but I think Starfield's possibly a better defender. But trying to get a mix of the two, you get Carter Vickers and they're rare. I think that I think Stephen, the, the thing about the Celtic centre halves is there's very clear sort of degradation between them. So you've definitely right, got Carter yeah. Vickers, who's definitely the best, and then Starfelt is definitely the second best. And then Jens is definitely the third best and Welsh is definitely the fourth best. It's it's pretty clear to me that's the order and I don't think people would really argue with that much. Yeah, but well, with the arrival of... And if of, they did, they'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, so with the ar- imminent, supposedly, uh, reportedly, mm. arrival of uh, Kobayashi. be interesting to see how the squad dynamic shapes up after mm. that because, yeah, Jens is only on loan. At that point, you're looking at it probably thinking, is there any sense in taking him on permanently? I, I don't know. Despite what he's done, and he's been okay. He's been all right yeah. for for Celtic. He's been you know pretty decent. I would I would suggest no no more than that. I don't want to get carried away. I think he's been he's been all right. But then if you can get this guy in, who's a permanent signing, maybe not. Uh, Stephen Welsh is on a fairly long contract. Yeah. So despite the fact not everyone really rates him all that highly, and seems to think he's he's worth having around. He's got a long term contract. Worried about Starfield though. I have to say, mm. barely played this season, and yeah. he's. He hasn't really his absence hasn't been felt all that strongly, other than the fact that he, had, he didn't really get to play in the champ. In fact, they didn't get to play in the Champions League at all, which was a no. bit of a shame. But I'm starting to get a bit concerned that he missed the whole summer. I think he got injured on international duty, came back, came off the bench and scored, and has basically been injured ever since. So yeah. I think he's maybe played three, four games at the max this this, this season. So I, I, I'm a bit concerned about that. But yeah, the bringing in of Kobayashi it seems promising, but five. Five Japanese players, Ange. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Well, it's, it's not so. It's, it's, it's not insane just now, right? But the, what I do think about it is this is very. Well, it kind of speaks to the fact that maybe Ange is here for a bit longer than mm, maybe yeah. we think, because uh, obviously these guys are professional footballers. They've worked under different and many managers, but these guys seem to be very specific to the way Ange wants to play. They seem to really understand the way he wants to play, and I don't think if they were coming over to play for Ange Postecoglou they would, you think, be seeking assurances about how long he's going to be here, you know? Yeah, uh, so you don't end up in Gary Hooper's shoes. Basically, Cy- yeah. Cyprus and Daddy's left after a couple of weeks. So that's what, pray for Gary Hooper. What a shame that is. I know, he's got, uh, and I, Adam Matthews as well. Oh, Adam uh, Matthews, yeah. Both of them out at a moment. At least he's got a chance of getting a, another club, Adam Matthews. Mm. Who is going to sign Gary Hooper <laughs> unless Neil Lennon rocks up at Dundee or something uh, like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's possibly looking long term. Celtic are at a point now where, like, right, Champions League didn't quite go to plan, but it's not as if, right, this is our four centre halves, this is what we do. You need to keep striving to improve everywhere. And if getting this guy in's Celtic looking to improve, I'm all for it. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a massive transfer fee. The guy's at a good age. It's a, it's not really a too big a risk, mm. is it? Because we have got good centre half. We're not crying out for them, unlike team across the, the river so look, Celtic are in a very good position and to see us go out and strengthen on that it's still unsettling for me like, this isn't the Celtic I'm used to No, no we seem to be putting things into gear here and I wonder if we'll see any outs I, I know Adoguchi's not really played a lot of football and you suspect he might be he might be looking for an out um, let's just talk about how amazing wonderful beautiful and brilliant Greg Taylor's been ever since he turned on those Instagram <laughs> comments Greg we love you we, we've been saying it for weeks we spotted it I'm not giving ourselves the credit here right but I'm pretty sure that all of us three 
spotted the Greg Taylor upward <laughs> curve pretty early on. You know, it started last towards the tail end of last last season. We've been really banging that Greg Taylor drum this season. You're saying check the record, bud? Check the record, bud. It's been <laughs> us. And someone actually tweeted us and went, Greg Taylor's been excellent right. since uh, since 20 minute Tim's been banging the drum about him. The boy's on fire. I saw him, um, it was it Joe Hart or one of his teammates on Instagram, I forget now, called him Mr. Mr. Dependable. And ah, he's, just, right. he's, he's just seven and eights every single week. Yeah, he's been sensational. Greg, Oliver, Andrew Taylor to give him his full oh, name. right. Do the initials and you'll get it. Oh, right. Oh, I got it there, <laughs> yeah. yes. So I think he's been <laughs> sensational. And look, see if it was... Uh, right now, you say he's been Celtic's best player this season, probably. He's up for player of the year. He's been sen- an utter sensation. I can't mm. think of any other word because there's... Tony Ralston last season a complete turnaround and changed all the fans but I think Greg Taylor had further to go than Tony Ralston and he's done it every time he's on the pitch he looks great even coming on last week against Hearts brilliant Mr Dependable but now he's coming up with the goods that was an assist for Kyogo Mm -hmm. a goal again this week he had another shot which was unlucky as well he's getting himself into attacking positions as well so He's the all-round fullback now, all-round fullback, and I seen him play for Scotland, and he had a different role as well. He was good at that as well. So you're just looking at the guy going, "There's levels to this," and we all, myself included, said, "Look, maybe in the summer we can look to improve on Greg Taylor." You're going to be going very, very far to find somebody to improve on him. Welcome to the party, everyone. Yeah. Welcome to the Greg Taylor party. See if you, at this point you haven't joined in in the festivities <laughs> on Greg Taylor. You've basically just been stubborn. You're standing out in the back garden crying. You're missing out. Such 100%. a likeable guy as well, aren't you? Oh, definitely. And I think the, uh, the only criticism I see now thrown at him online is now that, aye, but we need better for Europe. And I'm just like, well, We're okay. We're <laughs> Okay, aye, we need better for Europe. You could say that about every single player we've had for the last 50 years. Henrik Larson, aye, but you know, Brazilian Ronaldo's in about the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Could probably be doing with him. I think that, that it's mental to look at a player through that lens to say, aye, we need better for Europe. Because none of the team is ready-made Champions League quality. No. We've had this discussion before. So I think that's... I think that's the the death throes of the argument against yeah. Greg Taylor now saying that we need better for Europe. Because you go the, looking for these comments <laughs> and all that. Yeah, that's his, that's that's his it. hobby. <laughs> Stephen has two hobbies. He, he goes on the internet and finds people to disagree with. <laughs> and he also carries a bit of red marker and corrects graffiti <laughs> uh, on the walls. He corrects grammatical errors and people's, people's graffiti on the walls of the red sharpie. <laughs> graffiti on the wall that says we're magic. They've missed out the apostrophe. Greg Taylor's only 25. Yeah. This is another thing. He's he's turning well. He's turning twenty five on the fifth of November, so he's turning twenty five next week. Happy birthday, Greg! We're going to have a special special <laughs> podcast for, <laughs> yeah, for the occasion. Special birthday <laughs> podcast. What, what's your cut off for young players? I know you don't like this young player. So what's uh, your cut off? Oh, he's he's not young. He's not young, but they will get called young. Yeah, oh, definitely. Do you I know what? Funny enough, actually, just on that point, Greg Taylor is someone who has never really had the benefit of the young tag. No, that, no, that no, does get no. thrown about quite a lot, but. The whole time he was at Celtic, when did he sign for Celtic? Uh, Lennon signed him, so what? when Kieran Tierney left. So what, three years ago or something? So he was what, 20? This is his fourth, fourth season. season yeah. So he was like 21 when he signed yeah. for Celtic. And I honestly can't remember anyone really saying, ah, he's, he's still young, Greg Taylor. I don't think he's ever been given that benefit of the doubt. He's just kind of signed with the, the preconception that he wasn't really good enough. A year younger than Burnaby when he signs. Yeah, uh, it's sort of signed with the preconception he's not good enough. And it's and when you look at him, you go, right, you've got a 25, 25-year-old full-back who's playing under Ange Postacoglu in a completely completely different role. It took him about 18 months to get used to his new role, or six months rather, under Ange. Now he's 
blossoming into this absolutely sensational fullback. Well, obviously, completely different circumstances for each of these examples. Mm. But if he's 25 this year, then mm. if he's 25 in 2022, so are. Hatati and Dyson Maida, they're yeah. both 25 in the next few weeks as well. If, if Dyson Maida hasn't already just turned 25, run about the same age. And look at the difference of perceptions in all yeah. of those guys. Yeah. Obviously, Greg Taylor's played in Scotland his whole career, so it's it's very different for him. But Dyson Maida is the guy who is criticised because he doesn't seem to have the requisite technical ability. Rio Hatati is the guy who's defended because he is made, trying to make things happen but can often play passes, you know, Hits passes astray. But right there in the middle is Greg Taylor, who's about the same age as him, and he's playing almost like flawlessly yeah. basically every <laughs> yeah. single week. Yeah. So it just shows you the, the difference, the different way we can look at players who are, you know, ostensibly exactly the same age. Yeah, and well, again, very different circumstances. But Greg Taylor deserves credit for the way he's just gone about his business this season. It's been absolutely brilliant. Some finish as well, man. The first one he hit it high, then Greg thought, no, hit this one low. And <laughs> Their keeper, I think that was his debut, wasn't it? So, like, like pepper him a couple of shots, but I don't think it was up to anything to do with the keeper either. It was flashed right at him through his legs before he even knew it uh, happened. It was a smashing hit, and then when he's running off celebrating, I think he had a wee, oh no, that pitch, no knee slides today, <laughs> no knee slides today. So, it was great to see him scoring. Like, you're looking at Greg Taylor, what can you improve on? And you're like, I was a bit well. I was just about to say that. I was just, since we're talking about Greg, this is like his report card. It's PTA season here. I was like, what if there's anything you could add to Greg Taylor's game? And at the moment, that's really not an awful lot. I mean, you can't say be taller. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the next one. Now that I've said that about the Champions League, that'll be that. I mean, he's not tall enough. No, he's a, Greg Taylor's a short king, and he's, yeah. and he's, he's <laughs> making moves at left back, and, and you can't really ask for any more. Intelligent as well, because you you've already just talked about your celebration there. Opted out of the knee yeah. slide on the on the green concrete, mm. basically green concrete with sand tossed across <laughs> it. But he also looked as if he was going to run it in the crowd for a brief second, and then he thought no, and then just stopped short of it. Everybody was reaching out mm. to get him and like had their cameras out and all that kind of thing. But he stopped and just went back and celebrated with the players in case any any of the clean shirts decided to book him for it. Uh, exactly. Well, you know the referees are really on the ball at the moment, um, and uh, I was reading. I think it was John Campbell from the Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> highly, highly paid to these guys mm. at the Athletic the best in, in sports journalism apparently the Athletic however he did spot something that I think was very key and his warning to referees was he needs to change a handball rule because that's twice in two weeks Celtic players have chipped the ball onto someone's <laughs> hand what what in the what in the Ronaldinho do you think we're attempting here no. that's not what Celtic players are doing <laughs> See, what they're doing is trying to cross the ball and it's hitting people's hands if they're that good surely they just shoot yeah, because yeah. they'd be able to bend it round players. But the it? point is, I think he's referring to the one last week, right? Which was definitely handball. Yeah, right. That was definitely handball that got missed this week. Mm, I, I'm not so sure, but it's what it was. They was it chipped on the player's hand, like That's as if some a, sort it's of a full scale cross. I know. <laughs> we've, we've got a number of wingers in this team who are very good, but can't find heads in the box, but mm. can find hands <laughs> deliberately each and every time. That that is quite a remarkable skill set. That is. That was the saddest thing I'd ever seen written on Twitter. <laughs> really, really sad, man. It's like. It's just, it's funny, these guys, like, somebody pulled up a tweet, I think it was a Celtic wiki, it was like, a week or 24 hours past, he's talking about, the, I know, a hand, handball rule that benefited Rangers, then he's talking about complaining about the handball rule because it didn't benefit Celtic. You're just like, can you not just, I know it's Halloween, right, but keep the mask on. <laughs> Don't let the masks, why does a mask slip sitting at home furious about? Buy one of those non-slip masks yeah. you can get as well. It's absolutely <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Stephen, Michael Myers sure is scary, but the last thing you need to be is hairy this Halloween. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped have launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into king-sized candy and join six million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Jamie, do you know what I used to do before Manscaped came along? Broken bottles. Scissors and or sometimes fire. It, it simply doesn't work, so thanks to Manscaped for finally coming along. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the werewolf in your pants is howling. <laughs> it's time to tackle that problem with a lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code TIMS at Manscaped. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. But we've got another penalty against Levet and upsteps Yakimakis, another player I've been particularly banging the drum for because I say every time he plays, he scores. Uh, but a year to the day, Melly, that he missed a penalty <laughs> against Livingston 
You missed another penalty against Livingston? Yeah, no, he's come a long way in that year. He uh, really has. He really has. That was an absolute shocker last minute. We were getting out of jail with oh. that penalty and he missed it. It was a shocker. He hadn't really played too much then and then we barely seen him up till what, January after that and then he went on a great form. But stepping up, it, it was one of those like, just didn't look, didn't look right the way he caught it and all that, hit the outside of the post and... I think with with the way the match played out, there was a lot of chat about Jack and Marcus not starting. And I thought, to be honest, he'd start just because we know what they're up against with Livingston. They're going to be physical, but you've seen with Kyogo's goal and the way Livingston couldn't really handle his runs and he dropped off quite a lot in this game, I noticed. So they couldn't, they didn't know whether to go or stay with him and created space for others. But you've seen, with, not quite the penalty, but some of Jack and Marcus's play you can see why he didn't start the touch. He had a good turn at one point and then he took another touch and completely lost the ball. What you need in these games is people that can play on that park, like mm. Aaron Moy when he comes in. Giacomacus didn't quite look up to it. Penalty miss, it, it wasn't a great penalty, but we're 2-0 up, but you can write it off. Aye, well, that's a good point on Giacomacus. The, the various debates over him and Kyogo, I think Livingston is a very specific case because what they did against Rangers was basically just invited Rangers to cross and yeah. cross and cross and cross. So if we had done that, we, if we had gone for the... You know, on the surface of things, a, a greater physical presence, which, you know, it, it's not to be discounted entirely. But if we had done that, I think Livingston would have, you know, would have thanked us for it. Oh, thanks Celtic for our favourite food. <laughs> <laughs> and just basically look to clear everything out of the box all day. And playing Kyogo, Greg Taylor puts him through, opens the score, and yeah. after a, a handful of minutes or so, you know, it's, it's a completely different game than we are shelling crosses into the box trying to find Yakimakis. Well, that's what Livingston, that's, as you say, that's what Livingston wanted. Yeah, oh, and, definitely, and, yeah. And, and what Ange did was manage to find a better way to play and, yes. and sort of played out of Livingston's hands. Yeah, because there was a lot of times where Celtic got the ball out wide, but instead of firing it across, we, we worked it back across mm. the box and tried to find the openings and... I love Jack and Marcus, I think we all do, but... So, I love him the most. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's not a competition. <laughs> but if it was, you would win. I would, yeah. I would do. When he's playing Celtic, when they do find themselves in a wee slight bit of trouble, we tend to go along to him. And doing that against Livingston, you know it's just going to play into their hands. So the way we passed the ball about on that pitch was great, to be honest, because I've seen so many... We don't see good games on that, but mm. that was a very confident, measured performance from Celtic where we never looked in any danger. That's difficult to do in that pitch because it will bounce up. You will second guess your touch and all that. But Celtic just kept the ball down and played their game and looked like it was a breeze. I walked in the park for us. And then Joe took us back. Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything to say? No, no. no, no I love like him. Absolutely brilliant. We've really missed him. I think it was only three weeks he was out for, mm. but it felt like, kind of felt like more because he, he just brings so much to this team. He's an absolutely tremendous player we've got again we've got so many wingers we've got this armory of wingers but mm. they've all they've all got their different assets and all that and uh, J Jota just he's just that level above he's yeah. just got that yeah, that certain creative X factor that we, that we really cry out for great goal threat as well scores a goal from directly between the posts like we we often see Abada doing mm. as well so I uh, great to have him back looks feels like he's never been away now yeah, we have missed him because he's my favourite player to watch in the team because yeah. he has that wee bit of magic, that bit of trickery. But Celtic have scored a lot of goals without him domestically. And yeah. you're looking at going, look, Haksabanovic has been an able, de able de deputy. Hmm. But look at, easy for me to say. <laughs> I'm trying to look at it now with the two of them in there. Do we try and get one on each side? How does that, that work? Because of the 
definitely the two best wingers mm. and Haksabanovic is so uh, versatile. He can play inside, he can play on the left. He's looked best on the left, but when Jota plays on the right, doesn't work unless, again, we do the old... Another favourite of yours, Neil Lennon, and just switch them over when it's but not they, working. But they do that, they, they sort of do that in-game anyway, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. not, Ange, that's, I suppose that's the difference. Maybe Ange gives them, like, free reign to swap or tails in mid-game to swap, but that was Neil Lennon's tactic. <laughs> that was, that's kind of the difference, isn't it? Ange will switch the wingers, he's like, you just want to try the other side or they'll make their own mind up. Neil Lennon's like, shit, right, okay. Right, switch the wingers, <laughs> push the big red switch the wingers button and hope that saved the day. <laughs> that so, didn't work, get the centre half up top. Yeah. If it was a swimming pool, the fullbacks are doing lengths and the wingers are doing widths, basically <laughs> just crossing over each other every so often. <laughs> you, Bailey, you mentioned the amount of goals scored. I think the league record is ours from the Invincible season, 106 goals. Yeah. I think we've scored, I don't think I'm looking down at the screen just now, we've scored right. 42. We've scored 42 already. We're... It's coming under the radar. No one seems to be mentioning it out with like, but the sort of media and the wider sports commentary. At, is that the word, Stephen? That we're, uh, we're scoring some amount of goals. Yeah, yeah. It's just because it's sandwiched in between these Champions League games, mm. and you get the sort of the different levels, and you take a a beaten or draw a game. And but domestically, we had a couple of games. We won two one, and we had the St Mirren game. But out with that, we're free scoring, and I think. We've scored more goals than we had uh, at this point in the Invincible season and with Celtic out of Europe now as well, it's going to be full throttle after this World Cup that it's just going to be domestic football. So if Celtic, looking at last season, we scored so many goals January onwards. Mm. We've got that squad plus added a lot of good players to it as well. We've also got guys like Jota coming back. Starfelt, the World Cup might be good for him to get his yeah. fitness up. So we've got so many options, so many good players. And look, guys like Abada, Maeda, Forrest, none of them being outstanding, but they're still contributing goals and it's coming from all over the pitch. It's not as if it's just the strikers. Yeah, it could be a record-breaking season. Well, that's, this that's what I was going to say. Do you think we'll break the... makers, world record <laughs> Do you think we'll break the 106? Yeah, I do. I, I, think, I think we'll get exactly 111 goals. That's actually, quite, go. a, that's actually quite a lot of goals. No, it's just, <laughs> I just feel like this Celtic team just now, we're performing so well. And like Melly said, we're, we're not doing so well in Europe, but we're kind of got one Champions League game left that we'll talk about. I just think there's not enough sort of credit being given mm, to yeah. how quite impressive this Celtic team are domestically. And ah, we go to Livingston, we beat them 3 0. Nobody's really talking about it, but that was a, a team and a pitch that, that gave us problems in the past. And 3 0 was just like, it wasn't, we didn't slither 1 0 through the game. 3 no. 0, completely standard performance, barely broke sweat, handled it very professional. And then you got up the road with three goals and three points. Off the back of European games, oh. sandwich in between European games as well. So it, it was the, it was a, Basically the perfect game apart from Jack and Marcus's miss because you get early goal, early goal in the second half that kills the game. You get to take off guys like O'Reilly and save them for the midweek. He's played a lot of football, but then you get Jota coming on as well. So perfect afternoon for the hoops. Right, so we're leaving East Lothian. We're going to Madrid. Um, oh, sorry, it's West Lothian. I got a row for saying, <laughs> I got a row for saying Mid Lothian. Uh, somebody corrected me, That's so it's, right. actually, it's actually, I can't remember. Anyway, we're going to Madrid. Uh, we were <laughs> going to talk about the Champions League, but Stephen, what did you say prior to the, the cameras going on? Tell, tell the listeners and viewers what you uh, said. Is this, is this uh, producer's notes here? Yeah. But it's becoming very, very hard to talk about these games because after the Real Madrid game, which we were all dead excited about and we were all quite happy with because despite the fact there was a defeat, quite proud of the way the team played. That has waned slightly because mm. despite the fact you could apply that to all of the games so far, they have become 
Ide- almost identical yeah, now. Yeah. So every game since the Real Madrid game has been almost identical. Not in terms of the goals conceded and the results, of course, with a couple of draws in there, but they have all come under the category of did okay, should have done better, should have taken chances, and now it's become almost impossible to talk about it. And we had yet another one against Shakhtar at home. Uh, just a little bit, a little bit flat now. I think. Yeah. I think it's just gotten to the point where everyone can feel that you know the, the Champions League is over. We're just kind of lumbering towards the finishing line could really be doing with it being over and done with now I think that's how the, the Champions League feels now which is an unfortunate position to be in because we were all buzzing about it mm. for the first time in years but it has very much petered out now Yeah it's, it's difficult because we did target those four games in yes. between the Real Madrid games and only get two points but there's things that like, you, you make your own luck a lot of time but again <sighs> Leipzig sacking the manager. Why can you wait till after you play does, <laughs> man? And then it, it turns out, oh, by the way, they're cracking team. They can beat Real Madrid and all mm. that. And Shakhtar maybe a bit better than we maybe thought with Salem players and all that. But again, a very good, well-organised team who know what they're doing and have the, the ultimate X factor in Mudric. So it's just one of those ones like, wait, Celtic, could they have done better? Aye, a wee bit, but were the performances there? Yes, and... I think that's a better gauge than anything in these games because you can go out like um, with a whimper like another team or you can go and, and try and impose your style. Celtic imposed their style but just lacked that wee bit of yeah. quality and got shown up for what we are, a fourth a fourth pot team. And look, there's, there's no shame in that for me in this one. We've, we haven't got the points we maybe deserve, but just things haven't went away with Shakhtar getting Leipzig at the right time us not getting the win against Shakhtar away from home when we should have, then Leipzig turning out to be a really good team. It's just it's no falling for us, but... Do you think we should have beaten Shakhtar home and away? Do you think we did we, with the performances? Do you think, would you look at those two results and go, actually, in the grand scheme of things, that those are probably two disappointing results because we played well enough created enough of chances. I think we can agree Real Madrid are just a much better team than us, so yeah. that, that was probably out of reach. Slightly, aye. Yeah, <laughs> Leipzig, again, just a really good team. A really strong team in those games were pretty clearly out of reach for us. But the two Shakhtar games, you know, there's not... I know we've got Midrick, they've got Midrick, and we'll talk about him because there was some wild opinions online about how mm. he... I don't think people really some really appreciate how good that guy is, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, but I, I was looking at those games and going, do you know what? Probably should have beaten Shakhtar home and away. We created Molin enough to do it. Yeah, definitely. I think this, the first game's the killer because we don't get the result over there and it sort of sets a tone for the rest of the, the group because we're sort of chasing it then. We, I kept saying, look, if we get a win or two home games and get a couple of points away from home, but always said as well, hopefully we don't go into rue that game. And we definitely did because it meant from then Shakhtar had four points. Celtic had one and you're looking at, right, we need to beat them. And I think you've seen when uh, the final whistle went, Shakhtar celebrating the one-each draw there. It, it was a big result for them. But it's not just the drawing with Shakhtar. It's the fact that right, Real Madrid didn't do their bit. They are meant to storm away with the group, but they dropped points to Shakhtar. They dropped points to Leipzig. And the chances of us getting anything off Real Madrid are slim. But for Leipzig to go and beat them 3-2, you're like, right, we were really up against it here. I think uh, I felt very strongly that we should have won the away game, right? I felt yeah, very disappointed after that with the amount of chances Celtic created. And it was to a certain extent it was the same with the home one. I don't know if I could necessarily sit here and say, you know, in the fullness of time, now that we're 
past those games that we definitely should have won because I think what we're dealing with, and you've already mentioned the name a couple of times, with Mudrick there, we are up against a... This is probably the breakout. We're witnessing the breakout performances of a, a huge European star yeah. like coming a, a world star. That goal he um, scored. Uh, well, now that we've seen that twice as well, we've seen them play against Celtic two, on two occasions now, and I can't help but think like we're going to be looking back on this period in two or three years' time when he's playing for one of the European giants as the, the breakout season for yeah. this guy and we just happened to get in his way at this point. And no, I'm <laughs> well, not didn't even get in his way. Well, Juranovic refused to get in his way. Which is, but the, the emergence of this guy and having seen how good he is and having seen how fast and skillful he is, it's why I wasn't really entertaining any notion of that Juranovic should have just simply slid in and taken uh, the ball nah. off him because it would be very different. Of course, you could say that he should have challenge for that ball and of course I'm. if anyone doesn't know I'm talking about the goal that they scored yeah. there was a brief millisecond where Juranovic looked to be potentially favourite to get the ball but then it's the guy's so so quick and when Melly and I discussed this on the aforementioned Breakfast of Champions what I said that going for a challenge like that because of his speed and because of how dangerous it is and because of the position on the pitch it is you are on the razor's edge of either playing or either making the best tackle in the game, mm. the, the best tackle in Europe this season, right? You've saved the game by this, you know, three point snatching tackle, or you've got yourself sent off and you're the daftest bastard in the yeah. stadium and everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. everybody's blaming you yeah. for, for the defeat. So that's that's the margins we're dealing with when in a split second, when you're trying to make the calculation, should I challenge this guy who's much faster than me, who's much better than me, who's already torched me for speed. Should he have gone for it? I, I don't know, but I'm mm. just trying to try to present the kind of case for the defence, the literal defence in this occasion. I thought Juranovic did a good job. I thought he kept up with the pace. He was showing him on the outside. They get to the edge of the box. He comes in. Juranovic follows him in, but little does Juranovic know Carter Vickers is there. So they kind of get in each other's way. And that split second between Juranovic and Carter Vickers deciding who did what, he just rockets one in no. the back of the net. And you're thinking... He's the fastest kid alive. <laughs> he is. We've seen uh, some fast players over the years at Celtic. I thought Mbappe was incredible, mm, yeah. but I've never seen somebody so fast with the ball. It's incredible the the speed at which he can run with the ball and look, the change of direction as well. We've seen him in the away game go on the outside and put it in with his left foot, a great finish. Then this one, he cuts him with his right foot and smashes it home as well. You're like, right, okay, where do we show him then? Where yeah. do we show yeah. him? And like, what Juranovic had to do for me was slow him up there and allow his defenders to get back we done that and he still manages to rifle he's one pass stickling on him man. Uh, stick, let him know you're there uh, is what you do yeah. that's how you sort a guy like that because there's people maybe like take him out like mate nobody can get close to do it and then seconds later well a few minutes later for the the worst miss of all time mm. Cameron Carter Vickers is favourite for that ball for me and he beats him to that and yeah. that, that's the one guy you'd want to take him out and he couldn't even do it see that worst miss of all time don't know if I'm buying it. Yeah, it's one of them. But it's one of them. I know that was like people were, oh, that's the worst miss I've ever seen. I can see why he missed it. Weirdly. I can see why he missed it because one, let me see if we agree with this, right? Let's say, one, never in a million years is he thinking he's getting it squared to him. I don't think he's expecting it at all. It come and oh, he didn't. Did he? That wasn't a shot. That no, was just a no. bad touch. Yeah, hands he, off him, doesn't uh, it? Right? He sort of just took a bad touch and it got away from him. So if he tried to direct it in the back of the net and missed, I think that's what happened. But I think he thinks. He's through. He's definitely going to take this on here. And the next thing you know, oh, Christ, the ball's at my feet. Shut it. It, it, looks, Shut it. it, looks, to, it looks to me as well where there's like a, a split second where he thinks the touch is enough. So it, in the in the time it takes for that ball to come across, which is fizzed in it, I'm a wee bit, 
he probably thinks oh, all I need to do is touch it and it's over the line and he does touch it and then all of a sudden you see him changing his mind and yeah. it just goes it just goes past although I was I was very very grateful in the many discussions of the worst misses of all time the same names always come up oh, in the, these, the, the Van Vossen one the Ronnie Rosenthal Morelos uh, that was the one he got posted <laughs> that was the one he got posted on Twitter where he missed from underneath the crossbar right. um, I, I think Mike does have the worst miss than that uh, did Maeda not miss one from about three yards out in one of the, in, against Madrid? Oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't that close. The, the, was it? Uh, well, Maeda's had a pretty bad miss this season in the Champions League. One flashed into my memory bank. Uh, Patrick Roberts against Rangers. Oh, oh, oh ago, my so. God. Oh, oh, Jesus aye. Christ, he nearly never lived that down. But see, when you look at the list of players who've scored against us... I think that's what happened to him now. Yeah, <laughs> Just Where is Patrick reaction. Roberts? Sunderland. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, he's like Dun, the Dundee of England Sunderland basically um, when you look at the list of players that scored against us this year this is just off the top of my head so you have to help me out Melly but if you look at what these guys have won in their combined transfer fees or not their combined but Modric mm-hmm. basically won everything Vinicius, Hazard a hundred odd million quid Real paid for him Vinicius Junior the most expensive under 18 year old footballer of all time or something they paid an absolute fortune for him Timo Werner, Timo Werner yeah. scored against us. Who's the other guy? Kunku. Kunku. These guys are all f- football superstars. To About to be superstars or, or have been superstars for I some think. time, yeah. Like the Champions League is absolutely no joke. There's probably, no quite, joke, a, is it? There's probably no quite a nice sort of parallel or a quite nice comparison there mm. as well between Modric, who has scored and maybe you know, what you would think it's going to end eventually with Modric yeah. one of his last seasons at the top he scores at Celtic Park and then Modric who is also kind of emerging so I'm not saying he's going to be anything like him he's not going to be as successful as him who knows but he is a guy who is emerging as possibly potentially that yeah. level of talent as Modric goes out the other other side of a, it a point completely made of nothing I always thought Modric was like a Man U player that never played for Man U yeah, yeah. I always thought he would kind I think of they fit, tried to sign him didn't did they? Yeah. he's always kind of fitted that mould Real Madrid need to win don't they or they, or they want to win yeah they need to win to top the group so great <laughs> yeah. absolutely so, look, Matt O'Reilly's confident Matt O'Reilly said he th- thinks we can go and win I think the encouraging thing about these Champions League performances is we've never looked out of our depth yeah, and, yeah, that's it. and you don't want to go just to make up the numbers because I saw an interview with Kieran Tierney on I think it's called the Curry Club the the, the BT thing and there was a, there's the the podcast which is the full version and there's one on YouTube which yeah. is a short version don't you start Stephen on that he has big problems with that what oh yeah Matt because we are you know in the industry and all that they use these microphones don't right don't plug them in yeah, don't plug them in Mental. they just sit on the table and they're not plugged in and it just fries my brain I'm freaking out watching I, it I don't know I know <laughs> that's to the untrained eye they won't realise that that's not but they've just got three mics on the table and none of them are plugged in it's so, it's so bizarre um, but he was talking about going into the Champions League with Brendan Rodgers uh, and getting hammered basically and he was saying as a player you're there and you think right I just want to give it my best shot before you get into the tournament we're there right we've qualified cool I want to give it my best shot he goes but when you're actually playing the games you don't want you desperately don't want to just make up the numbers and that's how I think the Celtic camp will be feeling that's how the manager will be feeling that's how the players will be feeling they desperately don't just want to be there making up the numbers they want to make their mark on it and that's Probably most disappointing aspect for me. Like, I'm not writing off Celtic's ability to go to the Bernabeu and beat Real Madrid. It's obviously a huge long shot, but y- y- you want them to get, you want them to make the mark in some way in this tournament, don't you? Yeah, what we are looking for from Celtic is players to come in and either be good Celtic player, well, be good Celtic players and stay with the club, or mm. be really good Celtic players and leave the club and make us a lot of money so we can reinvest that. And look, our team's going to look at Celtic players playing the way Rangers do and sit in and get absolutely pumped or are they going to look at players and mm. look at the way Celtic play? I mean, do you know what these guys tried to play? That Matt O'Reilly got given the UEFA man of the match by a technical director at UEFA yeah. there. So 
they see something in him as well. But uh, neutrals watching the game see a very good player there. That's that's what you want. You don't want to see. Was he playing League One twelve months ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, and now he's playing in the Bernabeu and picking up man of the matches in the Champions League. Yeah, in League One. Play. In an unnatural position for him as well. Yeah, yeah it's looked tremendous. And if you're playing there, you want to play like Livingston, Celtic to play like Livingston and just launch the ball mm. up so Matt O'Reilly's got a sore neck by the end of it. No, <laughs> you want Celtic to go and play their game. And look, Celtic can go and play their game on Wednesday night, play really well mm. and get pumped like they did uh, at Celtic Park. Yeah. There's no shame in that. But what's the alternative? We've spoke about this. And if the players are going to improve, they need to be uncomfortable and says they have to go out there be uncomfortable and learn from it and start to get comfortable in this environment. Are we going to learn anything from standing in a back five with four in front of that, launching up to Jackamacus? No, we're not. We're going to learn if we play a game, all right, I've got this amount of time on the ball. If I don't move the ball this quickly, it's all about improving the speed of play, the speed of thought. It's not about shelling balls up and hoping for the best. I saw something last week in relation to this game and, and um, someone asked Ange a question and uh, no, no particular beef for the person that asked the question they were saying you know Celtic fans might look at the table and be disheartened about how the Champions League's panned out and I kind of thought disheartened doesn't really sum up how I feel about this I'm actually I'm actually quite proud about how yeah, Ange's very proud I'm very proud about how Ange's approached this tournament he has went out we've never he's imposed his own style and by doing that we've created lots of chances we've never looked out of our depth I have not won I have not progressed but for me that is much better than what Melly's saying changing your style throwing everything that you've been trying everything that you preach you just throw it right in the bin try and play a completely different way and then you end up in the national embarrassment like Rangers <laughs> <laughs> still one game we play as well and although shows what you know they've still got a, a chance of qualification do they? La they've got the last laugh there right? if they simply go out and beat Ajax by five clear goals they, mm. they will qualify for the for Europa League it just see on the, the, the see, no, see no in their luck though <laughs> I actually turn up with B squad, <laughs> <laughs> three players sent half, all this sort of nonsense. Like. But on the on the state of the group, on the the situation that the group has found itself in, it just shows you like you do all these plannings in your head mm. and all that. You think right, win the home games and all that, and then even something you think you can bank on, like Real Madrid, are just going to steamroller everyone. They're just going to sail straight through into the into the next round. By the time we play them, they're going to have already qualified. Maybe even they'll play the kids and all that. They're just going to beat, hopefully they help us out and beat all the rest mm. of them. And they haven't even done no. that. So there's there's been a little bit of criticism for the idea that Celtic needed results to go their way elsewhere in order to try and qualify. This is, you know, when Real Madrid drew with Shakhtar, yeah. you know, that, that basically put Celtic out, people are saying like, oh, imagine needing results elsewhere to, in, instead of like taking it into your own hands and all that. Don't know where he finds his comments. <laughs> but, they, were, they, um, were caught, they were common to uh, be fair uh, tonight. But that's always going to happen. It's a six-game group. We're always going to need results to go our way elsewhere unless we are going to be the team that goes in and wins six games, which is never going to happen. Yeah. Then that's how a group works. We're always going to need another team to beat our, our rivals it's, it's the same with a league table yeah. a league table we're always going to need the other team to drop points especially when you've got Real Madrid and Leipzig in your team yeah, in your yeah, group yeah. especially when you've got these enormously difficult teams uh, just to finish up then what does Celtic need to do so we're out of the Champions League we're out of Europe altogether they're having the post-mortem and Ange Postacoglu has three things that he wants or his priorities for making an impact in this tournament when we qualify again next season what do you think his priorities are? 
Good question. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> better players, mate. Better players. Yeah. Clean, clean the whole thing out. Ugh, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to uh, properly analyse that because it's going to take a lot. To be honest, mm. you, what you also need as well, and this isn't particularly insightful or analytical or anything. We might just need a better draw. We might need a a, yeah. a so called easier draw. We thought this was a good one, didn't we? And, and, and those are hard to come by in the Champions League. They they don't. Not that many groups come out where you think, oh, do you know what? We'd coast through that. It's just it's a it's a very very tough environment to play in, as we've found out because we were all very confident going into this. Mm. And despite the fact that we, I can't. Others will right, but I can't bring myself to necessarily criticise this Celtic team for not sailing through this group the first time of asking it's a it's a personal choice if you if you don't agree with that that's absolutely fine but i just think it's very very difficult and one thing we need to do is hopefully qualify a number of times in a row because all the other examples that people give see club mm. Bruges and all that right why, why can we not just do what they did that's going to take time that's going yeah. to take three or four years of constant qualification better player trading models better recruitment better everything really and so I, I can't really it's very hard to look at it mm. from from this angle and think what can this team do differently next time around. The truth is probably quite a lot. Well, you're bang on because there's I don't know how you would how you would frame it as such, right? But there's like below the line and above the line. So above the line is everything on the pitch, and below the line is everything that happens in the background. Yeah, and like F1 teams, they're successful because they spend so much money on like better engineers and better aerodynamics and all this stuff that happens before they actually furry dice furry dice and petrol and all that before they actually <laughs> tyres before they actually MOTs before they hit the tarmac there's all the work's done Yeah, and I think that's one of Angie's Angie's priorities is going to be right we're bringing in all this money for the Champions League we need to improve what goes on back here so I need to be able to bring in better coaches better technical assistants better staff we need to put infrastructure in place I think another one is priorities Melly and this will probably be his top priority is you need to keep his, you need to keep the core of this team together there is no point doing one and done there's no point doing all of this all this hard work to get into the Champions League and then in the summer Matt O'Reilly goes Carter Vickers goes Jota goes and then he needs to start all over again because that is the fast train to nowhere yeah but that's a difficult thing Celtic the way we are teams are going to notice our players and the way we've been playing like we've got technically good players so if you take them out of Celtic you can see how they fit in there and this is why playing like this is going to benefit Celtic in the long run but keeping these players it's going to be very difficult I think that Maybe the only thing that will get these players to stay at Celtic is the fact that we haven't done really well in the Champions League. Maybe the thing that gets Hans Postacoglu mm. to stay at Celtic and have more a- money and better wages. I mean, we, that's another <laughs> yeah. that's another thing. If we're bringing in the money, we can maybe afford to pay them a bit more. You know, yeah, if we can keep them, that'd be great. Mm. But the- I think that's imperative. Like, I, I need to. Just, I, I don't know if it would be so disheartening. Do you know what it would be disheartening for me to get to the summer and watch? This team that and just built go so far and they just has to start all over again. I don't even know if the manager could take that. Oh, well that's that's football in it. It's football at this level. It's it's happened to Celtic a lot. Mm. Like, a year a year ago we were looking at Edward Christie and Ayer leaving, but we've barely spoke about them since because we've brought in Kyogo Jota and all mm. that. So look, players are out there. It's about Celtic being prepared for once, and I think that's what we can do is better preparation. Here in Celtic, bring in players at the end of October for a January window. I'm like, Oh, this, we're still playing the Champions League. What's going on here? Yeah. So this things like this are what we can do. We can be better prepared. We can bring in better players because I think with this Champions League money we've got in, Celtic maybe haven't brought in players that are of massive better quality, but the squad is of much, much better quality. And that's what you can do. You can bring in players of better quality and have more than... 10 or 11, we've got like 16 players who you could really say any given week, ah, they start, they start. Mm. So 
bringing in a better squad and being able to prepare more. The reason I've been quite relaxed about it, the the Champions League this year, and again, I, I get excited about it, I get disappointed with the results at the time, but mm. I, I'm speaking more broadly now that it's over. The reason I've been quite relaxed about it is because, uh, we, I mean, the Celtic support as a as a whole really have been complaining about the the Peter Lawwell real reign for yeah. twenty years or whatever it was, just rounding up, and the fact that we just didn't do enough in Europe, didn't didn't do it. So I just don't think that. The 15, 17, 18 years of damage is maybe a strong word, but it could be the right word to use here, is going to be solved by just having Angin friends in the background. Yeah. I, I, just don't I think, think Angin's actually said as much, hasn't he? Yeah, he, I, he? Somebody made a comment a couple of months back about you know the framework behind him, yeah. and he says, well, that's what I'm here to do as well, remember? Well, that, that's it exactly, because I think there's a... I think it's quite common in football. I think we all focus on things like transfer fees quite mm -hmm. a lot. So when you look at a team like Red Bull, right, what can they spend on such and such a right back, whatever it is? But see, quite often when you're talking about the differences between clubs at that level, transfer fees is one of the least important things. Mm -hmm. Salary comes into it as well. But what these clubs have that Celtic don't is enormous time-proven investment in infrastructure and in building yeah. a club and putting everything in place that's going to be geared towards becoming a successful Champions League regular club. Celtic don't have that at all. Celtic have qualified this year because we've got good players and a good manager, but behind that there's absolutely nothing. But we've we've done well mm, with the yeah. resources that Celtic have and should have done better over a number of years. So that's why I'm not being too downhearted about this this campaign. I think we're at the start of something. It's going to be very difficult to build on it because of all the various difficulties and bringing players to and keeping them in yeah. Scotland for any length of time before for the, the big guns, uh, the big rich guns come looking. But at that, overall, I think we've I think we've done all right, but there are so, so many obstacles out there for between Celtic and becoming a, a Champions League regular. Before we wrap up, what is unusual about the referee at tomorrow's game at the Bernabeu? Any any guesses, Mel? You want to competent? Have a bash? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or is it female? It is. Yeah. It's a female referee at the Bernabeu. PC gone mad. <laughs> <It's a laughs> Stephen's Stephen is fuming at that. Uh, what's next? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know that. That's, that's uh, interesting. Who was it? Was that what Keys and Gray? Did they not have some <laughs> obnoxious comment of about course a female did. referee? Of course, <laughs> at the end of the day, it was just banter. <laughs> uh, and on that bombshell, um, we will wrap up. Thank you so much to everyone who listens and watches us. Thanks especially to those who support us on Patreon. If you would like additional content from us, if you want to join a great Celtic support community, you can join us at patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Or if you just want to help us in another way, subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks for watching and listening. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.